Well, it's always fun. It's always fun to come back and study midweek, isn't it? And this chapter, wow. Um, James does not go out lightly. James goes out swinging a, a baseball bat in a small room. So just be prepared. If you can get through James chapter five without feeling personally bruised a bit, I'm not sure you read it. I don't care how spiritual you are. One of those swings of James's bat is gonna catch you somewhere. Perhaps we needed to get caught somewhere. Oh, regardless, a couple of very quick things. Some of you had some real trouble accessing our worship services on Sunday. Um, a song was played during the slides. If you, if you haven't watched the first 15 minutes, we go live before the worship and just show slides of all of the cities and nations that have checked in. Um, and that's about 1% of the viewership actually checks in. So check in. Uh, not on this one. I can't read the comments on this one. Uh, YouTube is just weird. Anyway, one of the songs that was played over there, we have a copyright to play. We have a license to play, but the YouTube algorithm grabbed it, shut us down, and we finally got it back up. But some of you still, when you go there, uh, it is saying it's been pulled for a copyright issue. If you clear your cache and your history and come back in, you'll be able to watch it. If you don't know what any of that means, I apologize. And we are looking at maybe Vimeo, and we'd certainly like to have our own server. We're in all that process, but these things cost money. We need a tech minister uh, at least half time, and we don't have the, the income stream to do that yet. So those of you that are giving uh, through Tithely, PayPal, or checks, wow, you have made a lot of things possible already, including uh, we uh, were able to help one generation away get enough funds to feed for 6,000 meals. And that sounds like we must have really poured out the money. That's $1,000 that you gave us that we poured back into our community. We intend to pour into your community as well as the income continues. So pray for that, all right? Enough commercials. Let's go to James chapter 5. And he's going to start with hammering the rich. Now, here's the thing about hammering the rich. When we hammer the rich in America, in Britain, and Western Europe, um, we're just hammering people that are marginally more wealthy than us. And because even if they live in vast mansions, 12,000 square feet, and have a you know, bowling alley and a skeet range down in their basement, we live in homes that have temperature control. Uh, climate, you know, up and down, we, we our own little climate change in our house is just, well, in March in the South, it is, um, you can hurt your finger by hitting the thermostat so many times. Uh, we have more food than we need. Um, we have stuff that goes bad in the refrigerator. Do you know how weird that sounds to a lot of people on the planet that there is food enough to be spoiled? And what? You know, that just, it's amazing. We're rich. Let's just put it that way. So he's really talking to us. That's really important. He's not talking to the, the, the uber rich. He's talking to us because he's talking about how do we act within our community. Remember, James is a very Jewish book. So the congregation or what they would call the synagogue, the gathering, that's important because it's not gathering to worship. It's just gathering because communities gather. They do worship but you're doing life with each other throughout the week, especially in the close-knit 
believing Jew community. So as he's writing here, he's talking about the kind of people who already come to church and who already consider themselves part of the faith. You know, they're not just checking in, but there's a problem. James 1, I'm sorry, James 5, verse 1. Now listen. <laughs> First of all, you never want to hear James go, now listen. If Jesus does that, okay, good. James does that, all right. Well, now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming to you. Your wealth has rotted, moths have eaten your clothes, your gold and silver are corroded, their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Now that phrase, in the last days, did James believe that the end of time was near? Almost certainly. Uh, Paul certainly believed that the end of time was near and you're gonna hear this in a, in a one-two punch in our next look because we're going to, to 1 Thessalonians. They, they, in fact, Peter has to warn people, don't lose heart that it hasn't happened yet. We always, um, when I was a boy, it was always about the last days. And I have been all over and just heard so many people, this is the last days. People, we've been saying that for 2000 years, but there's another way to use the phrase the last days, which is very common among the Jewish and early Christian community. And that just means recently, not in the last days we'll ever have as a planet, but this is what's going on recently. So you have hoarded wealth recently. Now, in some ways there's an understanding for this. If you see crises coming on and the Jews were always in crisis because the Roman government was, well, they had no regard for the individual, no regard for nations, no regard for religious tribes. So they tolerate you unless you annoyed them slightly and then they would kill you. And you know, no more, no more conscience than throwing away a used Kleenex. They would just kill you, move on. So in times of danger, people tend to hoard. A lot of our commercials right now are on get rid of your money, get into gold, get into silver, get into Bitcoin, get into, and other ones are on storing up um, food for the apocalypse. People, I gotta tell you something. I don't have any problem with you having food. And if you've got the extra money to buy, you know, the, the long-term food and boxes and such, and, and you do so, I don't, but if you do, okay. But I, I do have to ask you a question. Are you content with your neighbor's children starving to death as you hoard food? Don't come back and say, but if I give them food, my kids could starve to death. Loving your neighbor as yourself means that we put ourselves at risk for each other. There's no way I could in good conscience listen to the cries of my neighbor behind a locked door as I'm eating. Uh, yeah, does it mean that I might starve to death? My kids might starve to death and yeah, yeah. But this world is not our home. We're just passing through and we've got to realize hoarding is against God's law. Jesus even said, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust, whoa, we just heard that here, corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. I think that's probably one of the most disobeyed commands Jesus ever gave. It's right up there with disobeying love one another because the two are connected. What do we do with our money? Now, I'm not a very tall man, I'm just 5'9", uh, and I can't reach very high. 
in my own closet. I've got a little step stool so I can get up to the very top. Not ashamed of it. I'm pretty much sure people, when they look at me, notice that. So why be ashamed of it? This is all God gave me. But I, I can't reach very high. My reach is limited. The same with my money. If I walk into a shop and I see an extra and I'm going, that would be a nice extra. For, I'm not guilting you. Uh, I think you're allowed to have pleasant things and I think you're allowed to have extra and, and some gifts and toys, you know. Um, I, I bought a used slingshot four years, three years ago uh, for about half the price of a new one and it only had a few hundred miles on it. Was I ashamed to buy a toy? No, no. It's cheaper than a used Honda Civic, you know, and I, I think it's more fun to drive, but uh, not your Civic racer guys. You guys are, yeah, you'll, you'll outrun me. Point being, I didn't feel bad about buying it, but we always have to ask, what could God do with this money? And again, not to shame you for having nice stuff, but that needs to enter into the equation. Because if I give $100 to God, he can do a lot more with it. His reach is greater. So we give $1,000 to one generation away to fight hunger in our area. And $1,000 supplies 6,000 meals. How do they do it? Now they got it down to science. And this isn't rubbish food. This isn't hominy in a can. They, they get fresh produce. They have agreements with so many places and they work tirelessly for this. <clears throat> I imagine you've got places, rather, um, organizations that do this where you are. Their reach is far greater than anything I could supply. So <clears throat> remember that, don't hoard, share. By the way, rust, um, in many uh, versions, it doesn't say corruption, it says rust. Your ru the rust testifies against you. Uh, that's one reason why, yes, I have some nice guitars, but I'll have half what I used to have. Because I started making a rule. If I come up on one of my guitars and it's rusty, uh, it's, you know, the strings have turned rusty and dead, or there's dust on it from where it's been sitting there, that really needs to go. Um, I don't need to have stuff and hoard stuff that's rusting, that's in a garage, a garage uh, for you that speak French. Um, garage. Uh, I, I don't need to, I don't need stuff. If I look at it and it's dusty and rusty, it's proof I don't need this. We used to have a, Cammy and I used to have a rule that if we saw something in our closet we had not worn in the last six months, we gave it away. Um, we, we changed that rule when we moved to Michigan in 2001 because winter lasted more than six months. So there were some summer things that barely got, summer is lovely in Michigan. You know, last year it was on a Tuesday, it's fantastic. We, we, ad we adjusted the rule, but don't let rust testify against you. Look, this is really painful. The wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. Very Jewish way of saying this, by the way, don't you remember what God said about the blood of Abel? And Cain goes, I'm, you know, I'm not my brother's keeper. God says, the blood of your brother is crying out to me from the ground. And here, James uses the same phrasing, the same formulation to say, if you don't treat those who work for you 
with generosity and honesty, the wages and crying out from the ground comes to God. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. Wow. Now, if, you've, if you're thinking right now, well, you know, I'm a, I work for other people. I don't, you know, I don't have wages. Well, think about if somebody mows your lawn, how do you treat them? If somebody serves you food, <clears throat> whether it's a sit-down dinner or whether it's just handing over the box in the bag at McDonald's or the like, how do you treat that person? Now, you can't give extra money, I don't think, to, well, maybe you can, who knows, to the McDonald's employee that hands you something. Not sure what their rules are. But especially in the days of COVID, we got DoorDash and we've got all this stuff where people, you know, are, are running, you know, Grubhub, they're, they're trying to get food to us. I mean, we recently, um, I get my first shot soon, several, you know, we all know we're in the process. But recently my wife uh, ordered, put in an order for a lot of groceries at Kroger, which is a, a large chain of grocery stores out west. They're often called King Supers. The, um, uh, she put in a large order and I went to get it. Well, because of COVID, the way you do is you pull in and you pop your trunk and they come and they've got masks on. And they, they say, give us your name. You know, and there's a little thing to make sure you're the right person and they load it and there's no touch, no contact, and they move on. Well, I reached out and I said, let me give you this. And it wasn't much, just a $5 bill. Um, there's a time in my life where that would have been massive, but I can do a $5 bill. Just handed it to them. You would have thought it was Christmas. The look on their face was like, thank you. And I could tell this doesn't happen often, <coughs> people. Let's share, let's just share. You know, you have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. And by the way, we always hear this and go, yeah, think of that Trump. Think of that rich Warren Buffett person. No, no, it's us, we, you know, it's pretty sweet. You fattened yourselves in a day of slaughter. I don't, I don't even wanna go there. James is going to drag you there. It's James, not me. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who is not opposing you. Can we talk about this for a minute? You might think, finally, something that doesn't apply to me. Maybe. Murder is more than taking a life and stopping a heart. Now, again, he says, who was not opposing you. He's not against self-defense. The Jews had a very well-structured system that they understood the difference between killing and murder. Uh, you, you, in fact, in the Ten Commandments, it's Lutishma, do no murder. Because take a look a few chapters later, they're saying you, you have to kill the guy that does this. So that's Old Testament. I'm very aware of it, but just understand James was Old Testament. James was writing when the other books weren't, weren't written yet in the New Testament. He's very much a creature of his time and, and tribe and tradition, which is what makes it so valuable, gives us an insight and a look in. But I would submit to you that you can murder in other ways. You can destroy somebody's reputation. I've seen online where somebody just got a little peeved that something had happened at a shop and decided to launch a way to kill them 
Okay, way to bring them down, shut it down. I see that often in our culture with the cancel culture. And by the way, um, while we, we generally are speaking of the left doing that, the fact is the right has done that too. The right would like to censor a lot of works, which by the way, I, I don't like those works. I think they're vile or they are lust ridden or the like, but the right tries to shut that down. The left tries to shut others down and they try to murder your voice. Now I'm aware everybody has the right to speak, but nobody has the right to be heard. I'm aware that the constitution does not guarantee that I have the right to be out there, you know. But we can murder reputations of ministers, and I know of periodicals that circulate among churches. Uh, these are like little magazines, but they're specific for certain denominations. And in my tribe, we'd get them almost every month, and they would be naming the heretics among our people, and they would be attacking the... And I, I've told many churches over the years, if you ask me to come speak, please be aware, you're gonna get letters. I've seen ministers who've been hauled in before their board or their elders who were warned that they were about to lose their job because they clicked like on something I said or did. People are willing to murder your reputation. They are willing to murder your ability to work and to feed your family because they don't like your preaching or they don't like your teaching or they don't like the way you raised your kid or on and on and on. And here I am, I, I even wrote one guy back. I said, how is it that I'm bothering you? If I, what I'm saying is wrong, well then you can just say, well, that's wrong. They don't do that. They go further. I disagree with him on this. Therefore he is evil. He must be shut down. Nobody can, it is, I was once fired from speaking on a forum because, work this out with me, the year before somebody had spoken at that forum that this group didn't like. I had not met that other individual. I was not at that forum. But because I was on the schedule to teach that year at the same forum, you still with me, where the guy was last year that they didn't like, Therefore, I'm too close to that guy. I'm tired of the same brush. Therefore, I'm fired from the speaking engagement over there. It happens. Well, after you get enough of those, you can't feed your family. Are we murdering people who really aren't opposed to us? They're just different than us. And they're convinced that they are right. But that doesn't oppose me. That doesn't hurt me. Therefore, why should I murder their reputation, murder their ability to feed a family? We gotta be very careful. He goes on, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. Boy, that's hard. That is so hard. He goes, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Is he talking about the end of time? I think so. Was it near? I'm not gonna play with the words. I'm just gonna say, no, it wasn't near. He was convinced that it was. And I think it is better for all of us to assume that it is. I do not see signs that we're in the last day because Jesus said there are not gonna be any of those. 
It's going to look like all the other days. He said, you're going to be working. Some are going to be sleeping. Some are going, it's just going to be one of those days. I'm, I'm concerned about the end of me, but not so much about the end of time. Is that fair? At least I'm being honest with you, right? <clears throat> all right. The Lord's coming is near, so be patient and stand firm. Even if the end of time is not coming soon, the end of Patrick is. Therefore, Patrick needs to be patient and be firm. Be, now, firm here doesn't mean attacking others. We've already covered that. It means firm in the faith. Get your feet planted in the faith. Don't grumble against one another. Pfft. Well, there goes social media. There go all those periodicals I was talking about. There goes a lot of discussions and a family. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. I have to tell you, this was a good 30 years ago. I was running a, a counseling practice. Long story there. I used to be a shrink. I got better. Um, running a, um, a counseling practice, and it was the most bizarre, bizarre counseling I'd ever had to go through. Uh, I'd been through tragic, sad, all the other, this is just bizarre. Young couple came in, sat down in front of me, and I said, what, how can I help you? And one guy goes, well, we argue about everything all the time. And the lady goes, yeah, all the time, always. I said, okay, what do you argue about? Well, we argue about everything, don't we? Yes, we argue about, this goes on for about five minutes. I cannot get a concrete example because they are agreeing with each other in front of me about everything while telling me that they fight about everything. Now, like I said, it went on for about five minutes and counseling time and terms, that's about an hour and a half. I was getting very frustrated. <clears throat> I finally said, do you, do you have a cassette recorder? See how long ago this was? And one of them said, yeah, I think we do, don't we, honey? Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we do. Don't go agreeing again. I said, when is the next time you think you're gonna argue? Oh, we'll argue all day today. I said, it's, it's just gonna happen. I said, okay. When an argument starts, I'm, I need to hear what goes on and I'm not getting any dynamic here at all. So when an argument starts, I want you to hit record on that thing. And then next week, when you come in, bring the tape. Can you do that? Well, I'm sure we could do that, honey. Yeah, that's easy. Okay. Next week, they came in, sitting there rather. They didn't have a cassette tape. Why? Because when an argument started, the one who thought they were in the right hit the record button and the other one shut up. Why don't we just shut up to begin with and save a lot of time and extra motion because the judge is standing at the door. So if I'm looking at you going, all right, mister, let me tell you something. I need to look right over his shoulder and see God looking at me going, really? Really? And I need to pull back. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear. All right, we'll talk about that. Not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. Jesus said the same thing than James, most likely, in my opinion, was the physical brother of Jesus. 
they, they, they would have had discussions before James believed and after he believed. And Jesus made it also plain, let it be a yes or no. Don't go, yes, you idiot. Or no, you're just like your mother. Whoa, stop it. A yes or no is fine. Uh, an old preacher in the Church of Christ, and he died long before I got permission to ask him to use his name, so I won't. Uh, just didn't like coffee. I'm not sure if he was actually opposed to it or not, but he would, you know, people say, would you like some coffee? And go, no, I don't drink Beelzebub's brew. I think he was just kidding and playing. You know, and I've been known to say, I don't drink coffee, I'm a Christian. I would actually love to drink coffee because I see marvelous effects in others. Uh, I just can't take the taste. And by the time I can take the taste, it's not coffee, it's a Snickers bar. So, you know, those of you that love and drink coffee, you're fine in my book. The point being, you could just say yes or no. But if you go further, you, you don't need to go further. Keep it simple. Don't make it harder than it has to be. Now, very Jewish, the way this is wrapped up, because this is the way they did things. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. If, <clears throat> if James was writing this, let's say 56 years later, he'd probably change some of the format here uh, and some of, his, um, some of his phrasing because this is the way Jewish communities were taught to deal with things. It got a lot more complex when the Gentiles came in and the faith began to spread across uh, the known world. And we really don't have a lot of time on this. Gotta check, <clears throat> already run 26 minutes. And I do try to keep this down to 30, 35. I know I've stretched that a bit, apologies. But that's why God made the, the pause button. Uh, I, wanna, I wanna look here. If, if they're in trouble, let them pray. Don't rush in and say, I know God's got a plan. You just gotta have faith. You know, this is all gonna be better. Just don't rush past pain. Let them have their pain. Let them hurt. Because that's, um, that's their right. They're in trouble. Let them pray. You want happy? Let them sing songs of praise. You, you, you don't have to say, you know something, tone it down. Because you're just too happy. No. Let people experience. Let honor people's experience. And honor their situation. I told the story on Facebook. <clears throat> Oh, a month or two ago, about taking my mother back and forth to uh, our house, which we did several times over Thanksgiving and Christmas. And she lives two hours plus away from me. Uh, so we're, we had a lot of time in the car. And she would tell me stories about, do you know that person? Well, they're dead. Do you remember that person? Well, they're dead. You remember that person? Their husband died, but they got remarried and then that guy died. All the stories seemed to end and they're dead. <clears throat> and I put it up on Facebook. The number of people that jumped on saying, you'd better treasure those times while you can. One day there will be no voice of your mother in your life, and you're going to miss those stories. Would you just be quiet? 
don't rush past the funny to get to the pain. I will mourn my mother when she passes. If I don't pass first, oh, it's going to tear me up. But in the meantime, I'm going to enjoy her. And I'm going to laugh at the stories that always end and they're dead. <clears throat> don't rush past this. And by the way, don't rush past pain either. If you've lost a child, you know this. It never gets better. But if you do not embrace the pain, you don't allow yourself to think of that child. It, you can't think of the child without hurting, so you don't think of the child. No, don't deny the child's existence. Think of the child, bear the pain. It's horrific, but it's better than the alternative. And the community that wants you to move on is wrong. Feel what you feel and offer it up to God. And then prayer, <clears throat> what's this anointing with oil thing? And I, and I know people who actually carry oil and they anoint people with oil. Is that what James is talking about? No, it isn't. I know that it became that way within a few hundred years. There was this little thing about anointing with oil and your little cross on the, on the forehead of delight. And that, um, that meant something to them. And it, the people who I've seen anointed with oil, it means a lot to them. Because to us, it means a symbol of prayer, a symbol of faith in God. And, and who's, who, who's against that? But here, most likely, they're talking about caring for the sick. Because you would put oils on them to soothe them or to help them breathe better or to, eat, to, to do in their hair to protect them against the sun as they, as they hurt, as they're sick. You're caring for them. So he's saying pray for them and care for them. And today, if you're um, a doctor, a PA, an NP, an RN, any of these, and you're caring for people and praying for people, you're doing this, even if what you're doing is an injection, uh, even if what you're doing is surgery, or giving them a bath in, in the hospital. I'm sure that's not a lot of fun. You are, you are fulfilling this, all right? So it, am I opposed to the use of the oil and the sacred thing? Never ever do I use it I don't but that's just because I don't it's not because I'm opposed or, or that I think my way is better James just isn't talking about that but I do believe <clears throat> I do believe that if you offer that in the name of God he'll honor it he doesn't have, he doesn't have to say wait 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 that's not what James was talking about no if you offer it in faith he'll appreciate that He'll pay attention. Now, will they get well? Will everybody rise up? Can we be honest about this? <clears throat> everybody goes, everybody's gonna die of something. I was at mom's assisted living center and she always takes me around to every table. This is my son, you, this is my baby. You gotta, and it's cute and it's funny. But she also wanted me to pull up, get on my phone and show him pictures of my slingshot. Because look, he drives this thing. And of course, all the guys, you know, they're in their 80s. They're just like, oh, that's great. And one guy looked at me and he goes, aren't you, aren't you afraid you'll get killed in that thing? And I looked at him and said, brother, we all die of something. And he looked at me, he just grinned. He goes, that'd be better than many ways to go, wouldn't it? And I said, you got that. I'm looking at a guy in an assisted living center having this conversation. It was a hoot. I had a great time. 
uh, and by the way, they got a local minister there that comes in every Tuesday and does a devotional for them and every Sunday and does a worship for them. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Kevin, for doing that. That's brilliant. Um, then he says, if you, and oh, the honesty, honesty, that's where I want to come. We all die of something, but the vast majority of people we pray for do get better. We just remember the couple that didn't. And over time, there are going to be more that didn't. We're going to be thinking of them. How many times I prayed for a safe journey and got one? How many times I prayed that my voice would not give out and it didn't? How many times have I prayed for people to get better and they did? And we forget those. In fact, if someone does have an accident, we'll even say, I just knew it. I felt it. I felt it right here. People, you felt it every single time they left the house. You just forgot that the moment they were reported safe. It's human. You're not being dishonest, you're being human. All right, we gotta do this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I do struggle with prayer. Philip Yancey's book on prayer, does it, does it matter, is a really, really good book. I'd recommend that you get it. Um, most of my prayers are answered and I get that, but I do ask for others. I cannot do what I do without prayer. You know, we're putting on worship services uh, and sometimes YouTube gets upset with, even though we bought licenses. Uh, and yes, we're looking at all the alternatives that we can. All of those cost money. And again, income stream for a brand new church is something you gotta pay attention to. Um, moving on, you know, I'm putting out a Monday morning message that, that draws a lot of fire, but that's okay. It's really okay. Uh, if you ever see me attacked, you don't need to defend me. Don't get in it. It's all right. Um, then we do this Wednesday message. And then, of course, there's all the other pastoral duties you do during the week, especially when your church is spread literally across the world. It's a lot of work. I can't do that without your prayers. I wake up in the morning knowing people are praying for me that day. And that makes a huge difference. really does. Confess your sins to each other. I think that's pretty important. Because if you don't, you're going to end up putting people on pedestals. And when they fall, like when I fall, it's going to hurt you. Uh, don't, so don't put us up there. I, I want to be able to survive the fall. And then Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. Wish I had more time to talk about Elijah today. He is my favorite Old Testament prophet. He's the John Wayne of Old Testament prophets. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the faith and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins, we know that. And now, gently bringing someone back to faith covers a multitude of sins which means we don't use those sins against them. We don't go after them to criticize them. We go after them to tell them we love them and we miss them and we want them back in the fold. Just um, like I said, First Thessalonians next week, Lord willing. Hope you have a blessed Easter and Palm Sunday season, uh, whether or not your church does that. And, and those of you that are going, what? There are some churches that, that don't participate in that because they, 
they feel like the, the, it's wrong to have a holy day or the like, okay, let them offer up to the Lord what they offer up unto the Lord.